It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Friday, October 16th, 2023. I'm Beckler. Shauna's still away. We're heading into the long weekend, the Thanksgiving long weekend. It's supposed to be so nice here in Calgary, like 25 and sunny on Sunday, I think. We've got a bunch of family coming in. Actually, the, probably the most people we've ever had stay at our house in one weekend. I think there's like 10 people staying at our house this weekend. Uh, but we're looking forward to it. we have a big Thanksgiving dinner. Probably spend some time outside. It's going to be so nice. should be fun. Uh, we had a great show today. Or I should say, I had a great show since it was mostly by myself. It's nice to go into a long weekend coming off uh, the high of a good show like this. We're going to talk about something you can go on strike for that I did not know about. The arena deal was just signed in Calgary, and there are some interesting things about this, which we'll get into. You didn't think we were going to have a couple of solo shows in a row without my wife McKenna's news, did you? And I think this one is is maybe her finest work yet. I really enjoyed this. And a Dateline investigation after your out-of-context clip. We're going to have so much poison smoke. By the end, you're going to be the age of the orc. You're going to be tired of the age of the orc, okay? The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. We have a bunch of family coming to town for uh, Thanksgiving this weekend, and my mother-in-law is here. She lives in a small town in Saskatchewan, and uh, she recently had it out with the town over a fence on her property that was, uh, it was too high, too long, and it was a bylaw infraction. Uh, so she was telling me all about the back and forth and how it went to the different courts and stuff. It went to the different like boards, I guess, that, that review this sort of thing. It's a big deal. Um, and I told her that I would launch my own investigation into uh, this, this crime. She's a dangerous criminal. Dateline style. It was a quiet prairie town. Peaceful, where nothing much happened. And people liked it that way. Other than the occasional shop break-in or teenage DUI, trouble seemed miles away. But all that changed one afternoon when the town made a grisly discovery in the yard of one resident. It was the crime of the century. A fence built too high and too long. The tree fell on my old fence and I put up a new fence right along the same line and the same height as the old fence. It was too high and it came out too far. A horrific bylaw infraction that rocked the small community. The town administrator came to my yard with a a measuring wheel and a measuring tape. In the pursuit of justice, the case was taken to town council, then the regional appellate court of decks and fences, then all the way to the provincial high tribunal on decks and fences. But questions still remained. Who had built the fence too high? Who complained? We may never know. For Dateline NBC, I'm Andrew Beckler. Good night. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. My wife McKenna has written her version of the news for the show this morning. Let's see what she's come up with. McKenna's. X929 News. I usually just read this word for word. Hi, guys. It's me. I'm back, and I'm back at the best time. 
It's fall season, it's spooky season, and we have my birthday and Christmas right around the corner. What a time to be alive. Let's get into it. What's everyone being for Halloween this year? Please don't say Barbie and Ken, because I feel like everyone is going to be that this year, especially if you're blonde. I've had several people say, oh, you would be a good Barbie. Yeah, I know, I would be. But be original. Put some thought into your costume. Or be something scary. Scary always goes over well. Even if you go mainstream and go with something like Wednesday, at least she's a bit scary. We're having a Halloween party this year, and I'm almost thinking if you go as Barbie, I'm not letting you in. Ha 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 ha. Everyone knows that this is the time of year for pumpkin everything. I'm especially not a fan of the classic pumpkin spice latte. It's too sweet for me. Maybe a less sweet version I might like. I'll try it. But this year's hottest pumpkin desserts are the marbled pumpkin cake, chewy pumpkin cookies, pumpkin sugar crunch waffles, and harvest pumpkin scones. Is your mouth watering? Mine is. Just DM me if you want recipes. The new Calgary Event Center deal has been finalized. Construction is set to begin in 2024. Hopefully Justin Bieber will come here now. And Calgarians swarm an intersection as hundreds of $20 bills scattle on the road. I wonder what intersection this was at. I could use some cash money money. And now you're informed, I guess. The and Shauna podcast. It's soup season. And Shauna and I love soup season. We make these soup parodies. Uh... <laughs> And I was asking our podcast, we, we, yesterday we did Soup Yourself, an M&M parody. You can find that on our podcast, the Beckler and Shauna podcast, wherever you listen. I was asking on the podcast recently, do, do people enjoy these soup parodies or do they skip over them? Because there's so much work. And I was like, if, if people aren't digging them, then we, I would be happy to not do them anymore. And I got a message from friend of the show, Dan, who said he loves the soup parodies. Please don't stop doing them. And then he gave us a list of songs that we could potentially turn into soup parodies. So we're going to have to start picking through Dan's list now because he had some really good ideas. This is what's great about this show. We have so many great friends of this show who just like send us good ideas and you're essentially just doing the work for us. And then <laughs> we just show up and say what you said and we get paid and it's easy. Uh, so here's one, here's one from Dan's list that I just whipped up real quick. talking about how dark the news can be in a big city, which is why Shauna and I like to like to look to small towns where the news is just much simpler. They have like nice small town news stories in smaller places. I've been sent a few of these uh, recently. These are real stories, all of them. One was from friend of the show, Noel. One from friend of the show, Dallin. Let's get into these. Small town news with Beckler and Shauna. Good evening. Our top story tonight. An Alberta couple is selling off their very impressive collection of John Deere memorabilia. RCMP have released details on an incident on Highway 376 where a deer was struck by a vehicle. The vehicle, a crossover SUV, sustained extensive damage to the front end, while the deer sustained extensive damage to its entire life. And in an unusual coincidence, two St. Albert boys have each lost a pair of shoes. 
Anyone who finds a pair of size six children's shoes is asked to, asked to contact their mothers. Terry says his shoes are a size 12. And you know what they say about a man with big feet? podcast. <laughs> 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 Our producer Fraser Manning is in studio. I'm assuming as a, as a grown man with no kids, you probably don't watch a lot of the Pixar movies. I actually do because Pixar movies are great. Like, did you watch like Soul, for example? Like, that's one that I, I've yet to watch. I'm behind on the probably the last two or three okay. that have come out. But Soul I love, was I love excellent. Pixar movies. We watched uh, the new one, Elemental, okay. the other night, and it's it was great. I really, I actually enjoyed it. Like visually, one of the most stunning movies I've ever I've seen. That. Like, if you have a nice TV, the colors and like, Ooh, nice. if you're maybe a bit of a, a pothead too, get a little of that going <laughs> and watch this. It's impressive. Um, but the, the concept is that there's this city and there's a bunch of different types of elements that live together in this city. These like anthropomorphic elements, like there's fire, water, earth, air. The fire people, I think, are kind of like they're supposed to be the immigrants and they're like looked down upon by everyone else. But uh, anyway, there's so there's it's loaded with like element puns, you know, like the main characters are Ember Lumen and Wade Ripple, fire and water. Right. Yeah. So in one scene, they're leaving a, a movie theater in Watertown and the marquee shows the movie playing as Tide and Prejudice. And I looked at that. And I was like, I usually expect more out of Pixar in terms of their their puns, their hidden jokes, yeah. that sort of thing. Like Tide and Prejudice is OK. I figured you and I could probably do better. Yes. If you had to put a if you had to make a movie wet. And put it up on the marquee at the movie theater in Watertown. Yeah. What movie would be playing? Um, well, I've, I've come up. You, you came to the right person. Yeah. You always come to me for these sorts of things. Um, you could put any one of the stream series. Stream, stream two, stream three, stream four, however many they've For done. sure. It could be a marathon. Yes, It could exactly. be a horror movie marathon. Um, not a movie, but a character. We could have something with James Pond. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, I had uh, There Will Be Flood. Very good. Also, Harry Water. Any of the Harry Water franchise? Not sure how I feel about that title. That could... Harry Water's a disgusting visual, isn't yes. it? Yes. Um, a classic from my era, a Euro Drip. Mm, yes. Yep, yeah, that could work. Um, Citizen Rain. Ooh, very nice. He's also the, uh, the Godwater trilogy. <laughs> and I'm sure the second one is probably the best one in that trilogy as well. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the Wet. You just have to drop one letter out of that one. That one's yeah. That I had a couple that I I they're they're a bit of a stretch, but like H two O brother, where art thou? I had that one too. Wow, H two O brother, wow. where art okay. thou? Okay, great minds yes. think alike. Um, this is Spinal Tap Water. <laughs> Does it have fluoride in it? Maybe I don't know. That's up for debate. Children of the Damp. Ooh, I like that Appropriate one. Appropriate for this time of year. Uh, Black Hawk Drown. Nice. I, the, I didn't think I could make that movie any darker. Requiem for a Stream. Ooh, I like that one. Uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Social Wet Work. Ooh, yeah, that totally goes. Yeah. Um, Splash Gordon, or maybe The Splash if okay. you're into uh, you know, Avenger movies. Uh, and then my or last DC, one I sorry, had that's was... DC, not Avenger. I probably just angered somebody. Oh, you got some nerds angry, hey? Yeah. The last one I had was uh, Interspiller. And that's that's my list. I think all of those are better options than... Yeah, or we could throw one slew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> a slew? Yeah. Again. I was reaching for some real deep water words here on this one. <laughs> Did you Google water synonyms? Um, no, these ones I just pulled out. There's one. I've got to get it in here just yeah, because I'm proud it. that I found something with this word. There's something about estuary. <laughs> Oh, there's a it's hydrologist a joke, That's isn't there? The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I mentioned it in the news briefly this morning, but uh, the arena deal is now signed and stamped, and they have a 
bit of a timeline for when construction is set to begin. So I'll just give you a, a quick reminder on the, the, the current deal as it looks. The facility, the whole project in that area is supposed to cost $1.2 billion. $537 million of that is the responsibility of the city. Uh, the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation, the ownership group of the Flames, will put up $40, millions, $40 million up front. And then over the course of 30 years, they will pay back $316 million. Uh, and then the province is chipping in $330 million as well. So that's how the shares of this project break down. They said yesterday that utility work in the area is expected to begin in 2023. And uh, I'm looking at the calendar right now. 2023 is nearly over. So that's going to begin very soon. And then uh, the transportation minister said the completion date for the whole project is expected to be late 2026 or 2027. So they're trying to move pretty quick here. Like That is a very ambitious timeline for a project that size, wouldn't you say? And I'm wondering if that isn't so that they can get some shovels in the ground, get work going before any more opposition can pop up to this deal. Here's the question I have. How do we not have, I mean, the deal is, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter at this point because the deal's done and they're already talking about beginning work, but how do we not have more robust polling data on the arena deal and how people in this city feel about it? Because the arena question is factored into two elections now, two elections at two different levels of government. There was the 2017 municipal election. If you'll remember that, when Nenshi defeated Bill Smith, the uh, the pro-arena candidate, that was the big ballot question during that election. Uh, and then in the provincial election this past spring, when the provincial government said that they would chip in $330 million, and many people, especially outside of Calgary, were not happy with that. They, it was seen as sort of an attempt to buy votes by the government in Calgary. Uh, and whether or not that swung the election in their favor. It's hard to say. There was a bit of polling data that came out at that time that showed, uh, I believe it was, it, was, it was pretty close to split the opinions on the arena. If you looked outside of Calgary, I think it was like 51% were against the arena and within Calgary, 51% were in favor of it. It was, it was very close like that. But I would think, you know, with, a, with a, an issue this contentious, I and mean, we've seen deals be proposed and fall through and the fact that it's gone through two elections why we haven't had more robust polling data on that. Because, I mean, from my perspective, I've, I've made no secret about my opinion on this. I am strongly opposed to this much taxpayer money going toward this project. I think it's a terrible idea. And every time I say that on the air, I get messages from people who support me and people who uh, strongly oppose my position and really don't appreciate my opinions on it. So I would just like to know where Calgarians stand. Like if... You know, if, if, if three quarters of us support the arena and I'm in the, the one quarter who doesn't, I'll, I will shut up about it, okay? That, I mean, it wouldn't change my mind on the project itself, but I would probably stop pissing into the wind about it. But we just don't know because we haven't, we haven't seen robust polling data, and that really surprises me. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. So I got quite a few messages about this. I would say mostly in support of my position that, you know, especially... When, when the talk of the arena deal first began, I think people were in much better financial shape than they are right now. Like, even for me, you know, six, seven years ago when this was really dominating the conversation, how much money should we spend on an arena as a city, I was against it. But now, like, everybody is 
struggling to even meet the basics at the moment. This seems like an incredible luxury in contrast to that. I got this message said, you don't want money going to entertainment, but you agree with giving billions to a failing Ukraine? Well, I've never said anything on aid to Ukraine, um, or at least like the country providing aid to Ukraine. I actually don't know where I stand on the question of Ukraine aid. I've heard strong arguments for and against it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have enough information to share my position right now, so I will hold off on that. Um, I've always felt that the arena should be paid for by the people who stand to benefit from the, the most from it, and that is the wealthy owners of the Flames. Um, this is really interesting. So you got to remember that this arena deal, if you've been following it, the, the most recent one was done in secret, like closed council meetings, voted on, and then we were just presented with it. So it, it was all a little bit shady the way that it was done this time around. And then when you consider that they're now... It seems to be rushing the construction. Like, we're going to get this started. This is the timeline. It's a very aggressive, ambitious timeline. We're going to get this done. It almost feels like we want to get things going before any more opposition can pop up. I don't know what could even be done at this point for those who oppose the arena. Um, I also wonder if... Now we're getting real conspiratorial, but if that's part of the reason that we haven't seen more polling data on this, I wonder what the polls would show. And if, it, if they did show very strong opposition to the arena, sure wouldn't look good for the city. I know there are people who are really, really gung-ho about the arena who will be upset that I'm even talking about this, but I want to share a few more messages that I got for you. Like, I don't know if it's entirely clear who is footing the bill for the overages. The, the, most, thing that, the most recent thing that I read from the memorandum of understanding between the Flames and CSEC was that the city will be responsible for most of the cost overruns, which are inevitable. They almost always are with a project this size. And then the Flames will be responsible for... I don't know. It's, is, that, is that entirely clear yet? Like, this is where we're at with this thing. I didn't include it on the podcast today, but earlier this morning on the show we were talking about uh, the latest violent incident on the C train. The C stands for crime. <laughs> there was a, a concert the other night on Tuesday, actually, at the Saddle Dome, and after it got out, th the train platforms are always packed, and the train was making its way north after leaving the station at Stampede, and someone got stabbed in one of the tunnels. And I actually was texting this morning with the parents of the 17-year-old the girl who saw the stabbing and pulled the emergency alarm, which ended up stopping the C-train, and then these people had to flee through this tunnel in the middle of the night to get away from this, because no one had cell service down there to call the police or anything, to get away from this person on the C-train with a knife. And friend of the show, Derek, said, like, when you when you contrast that with you know, the fact that we don't have a safe transit system right now, and yet we're going to spend this kind of money on an, on an arena, it just seems like madness to me. You know, you can take the C-train to the new arena and pay $300 for your hockey ticket, and $15 for a beer, and then maybe get stabbed on the crime train on your way home. I asked this parent if their daughter's okay, and they said she she freaked out, shaken up, uh, may never go on transit again. And I don't know if you can blame her. Like, that's a nightmare scenario. You know where it's nice and safe, though? Sirocco at Pine Creek. This is a new community where Shane Holmes is building paired homes. It's in the, uh, it's in the far southwest corner of the city. And, I mean, I live in the southeast, not too far from this community. One of the best things, even about where I live, is, like... Kananaskis uh, is is my favorite part of the whole province, and it's so easy to like get out of the city that way, get towards Bragg Creek to get into you know 
the Elbow Falls area, K Country, McLean Creek. I just love it out there. And this is even closer. Like, you could be in the mountains out there in, like, what, 20 minutes? Maybe not, maybe not even if you lived in this neighborhood. Um, the Shane Holmes duplex is down there. Uh, you can do the yell test in them, where you stand on one side, yell as loud as you can, see if someone can hear you on the other side. Spoiler alert, you can't. Duplex is starting from the 560s, and their most popular duplex floor design, uh, Cascade, is available in Sirocco at Pine Creek. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Shauna's off today. She is in Vegas, and tomorrow night she and her boyfriend are going to see U2 at The Sphere. Yesterday we were talking about how half the guys in U2 have these like ridiculous one-word stage names. Like You have Bono and The Edge. And that fascinates me, the concept of taking on a stage name, a one-word stage name like that. I mean, it happens a lot in, in this industry. There are plenty of people in media who don't go by their real names. Some of them might surprise you. Um, but then, like, the idea of getting everybody, like, getting everybody on board with calling you by your one-word stage name. I was thinking about someone like Slash, the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. Like, did he just come to band practice one day and was like, you, get, you think you guys could start calling me Slash? And they were like, sure, Slash. <laughs> we can do that. And, like, Slash already has a good name. His real name is Saul Hudson. That's a good, strong name. Saul? You sound like a biblical villain. Saul sounds like someone who would have a feud with God. Like, have a personal feud with Old Testament God. Saul is a good name. You don't need a stage name when your name is Saul Hudson. I think he would be just as famous if he was Saul Hudson. This kind of reminds me of, I, I used to work with a guy at a different radio station and he had this joke that he would do where he would say he was going on vacation next week. So it's a Friday and he'd be like, I'm off next week. I don't know who they have filling in for me, but uh, I'll be back the week after that. And then come Monday, it would, it would still be him on the air, but he would just call himself Cobra for the, for the whole week. So same show, all of his like same segments and everything, exact same guy. He would just be like, hey, it's Cobra. Instead of his real name. Oh, I thought that was friggin' hilarious. The and Shauna podcast. I was reading about something that's happening in Toronto and starting to uh, spark in Montreal as well and makes you wonder how long until this spreads across the country. But uh, there's a rent strike happening right now in Toronto. So tenants of five different buildings, apartment buildings, are just refusing to pay rent. They're on rent strike. They say that the building management is neglecting upkeep, upkeep on the property, but then they're also applying uh, to increase the rent. They have to, I guess you have to apply to the province there to increase the rent at a certain rate. So like the renters saying the building, they're letting the building fall apart, but then also charging us more. They're saying they're not, the, the tenant, the owners aren't keeping up their end of the bargain, so you know, why should the tenants uphold theirs? And I watched a news piece on this and they showed, you know, they interviewed some of the residents and they showed the apartment buildings and stuff. These are not luxury apartment buildings um, that we're talking about here. These are not what I would call greedy people. I, I would imagine most of these folks probably don't have the option to just go somewhere else. You know, if the rent is raised too high there, like there probably aren't many places that would be, you know, more affordable than where they're already living. So, I empathize, I empathize with them in their rental strike. I'll be honest, though. I didn't know that we could do that. Go on strike for rent. I mean, I've heard of, obviously, labor strikes and stuff. I've never heard of a rent strike before. I've, I've heard of tenants just deciding not to pay a landlord, and, which is, I guess, squatting, 
And, I mean, it's a long and complicated process to evict a tenant in those situations. I think the authorities are very hesitant to make anybody homeless, and you understand why that is. But this isn't that. Like, this is hundreds of tenants in these in these five apartment buildings who are like, we're fed up, we're not paying. Uh, and then there were, I guess, protests in, in Montreal recently over the same thing, just with the spiraling cost of rent that we're seeing right across the country. I was thinking, okay, if you can stri- strike on rent, what else can you strike on? My wife, McKenna, at our house is responsible for cooking dinner. She's threatened to strike from cooking dinner before. Um, we brought in some strike breakers, though, got her back to work. <laughs> can we strike from paying taxes? Like, if we don't like how they're being spent? Can you do that? Like the CRA calls and we can be like, ah, you know what? I don't think I'll be paying that. I'm not really feeling this much tax right now. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. Hey, hey, what did you learn today? In my opinion, one of the most fascinating topics is the way that we are manipulated as consumers into spending more money. And a, a subsection of, of this topic is the way that stores are designed, the way that they're laid out, you know, the sensory tricks that they use to get you to speed up or slow down, to look certain places, to feel a certain way. And I came across this video on TikTok from this dude. His name is Reeve Connolly. He's a graduate architecture student in New York, and he makes these videos about these tricks. So I'm going to play this video for you. I'll play the whole thing. It's about a minute long. And the the, the items come fast, which is just the, the style of TikTok. But there's a lot of interesting information in here. Do you know why casinos use carpets with ugly patterns? It's because they want you to find it unappealing, so you shift your focus towards the game tables. And Disney's Main Street is painted this pink color because it overstimulates the red receptors in our eyes until they become fatigued, which makes the surrounding foliage appear more vibrant because the green receptors are just working overtime. Another way that businesses use floor design to alter our behavior is by using black and white tiles in busy areas like mall walkways because it tricks our brain into thinking that the floor is uneven, so we want to walk faster to escape it and carpeted floors encourage customers to walk slower and stay longer so department stores will often place carpets in areas where customers are more likely to browse and discover products that they didn't initially intend to buy duty-free stores maximize sales by forcing you to take a winding pathway that's designed to expose you to as much merchandise as possible flooring can also affect our judgment if a comfy product like a duvet is placed in an area with carpeted flooring we are more likely to judge the duvet's comfort level negatively in comparison so some stores will place the comfy items on hard floors to prompt us to evaluate the product based on its quality instead of its surroundings. So like I said, there are a lot of items coming at you real quick there. I'll put this on today's podcast in case you want to listen to it again, or I can send you a link to the video. Um, But I find it's almost a little unsettling because as a consumer, you think you have choice and you you make a purchase. Maybe, you know, this, which product does it lines up with my personality? Is this thing me? Yes, it is. I've chosen this. But I didn't really choose it. So many different psychological tricks led me to that choice. And that's a little eerie, isn't it? Podcast. I don't know how many times I've been sent this clip. People know that I love Lord of the Rings. So there's this, um, there's this TV show called Game Changer on a streaming service called Dropout. I'd never heard of either of those things. But it's like a panel-style show where they have three comedians on and they do improv and that sort of thing. And recently, they had a comedian on there named Brennan Lee Mulligan. And I don't. he was given the prompt, Sauron, but it's Donald Trump. And I don't know how much of a heads-up they're given about what their prompts are going to be. They must have a bit of heads-up because this is just... This is too perfect to have been off the cuff, but it's spectacular. So this is the comedian Brennan Lee Mulligan doing Donald Trump. 
but it's Sauron. Look, these people are <laughs> tiny little freaks, okay? They're delicious. They're smoky crack, perhaps, in... They live in holes of the ground, people. Hey, you see a round door with a knob in the middle. Where does it go to the side? How does the knob in the middle of the door open the door? Folks, we're going to have a beautiful all-black, all-black tower choke the world in smoke, okay? We're going to have Balrogs. Every orc in Bordor is going to have a Balrog protecting you, okay? And these people, and they say Denethor, by the way, people don't know this, not a real king. Not the real king of Gondor. Oh, yes, we're going to make Middle Earth great again. Folks, listen, people don't understand. Uh, I'll tell you this right now. If you ever see Denethor, and I call him Little Tomato, because if you ever see this guy eat tomatoes, what a freak, what a freaky, freaky guy. We're going to have... So, I, like, the voice isn't absolutely perfect, but just the way that he speaks, and it, you can't see the video, obviously, but his mannerisms and everything, and the fact that this is exactly what Sauron would sound like if he talked like Donald Trump. We're going to have so much poison smoke. By the end, you're going to be the age of the orc. You're going to be tired of the age of the orc, okay? <laughs> We have nine Nazgul flying. All their horses drowned in a river. Very nasty elf man, Elrond. <laughs> Very nasty elf made a river come to life with horses to drown. Who, who drowns a horse? Beautiful horse. These horses, expensive. <laughs> expensive. The most expensive horses you've ever seen. But I said, no problem. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X929, Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. X After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f they're going to say f Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.